Hello everybody and welcome to a very special members interview today. I'm Tom Pinder, Vice Chair of the Society of Sports Therapists Communications Group and I'm delighted to be talking to Ed Pratt, Member of the Society of Sports Therapists, Lecturer in Sports Therapy and Rehabilitation at Leeds Trinity University and owner of Ed Pratt Sports Therapy Clinic. And we're also talking to 12 times British shot put champion Scott Lincoln who has recently qualified for the Tokyo Olympics which begin in just a few weeks time. Many congratulations Scott and welcome to you both. Thank you. Um, so starting with you, Ed, you've worked with Scott for over a decade. So how and where did you guys first meet? Yeah, so I uh, when I probably when I first graduated, I worked um, at my local rugby club that I previously pl played for. Uh, I used to play with Scott's brother, Liam, and uh, Liam said to me one day when I was doing a clinic at the rugby club, could he bring his brother over who was um, a shot putter and uh his, his dad brought him over and that's where it all started i think you were about 15 16 at the time yeah. um and then the sort of scott's like been like my sponsored athlete if you like um for years now uh, at the time i was um i was working with a couple of triathletes um some two really talented triathletes and then they moved away and so that option opportunity for like the sponsored position came up and so i offered it to scott um and and then we've been working together since then i can't even remember when that was but it was it's probably about 10 years ago itself something like that and, and scott you've won british championships 12 times in that sort of space of time um but this is your first olympics so tell us about your journey to where you are now and when did you make the qualifying distance and what was that moment like for you yeah this is my first olympics um obviously worked my way up through the rankings from so i was sort of like a junior when i, I met ed and started working with ed um i just sort of progressed through to become like sort of number one in the uk and then went up an age group had the people to chase, worked my way up again to number one in the UK and then got into the senior ranks and and uh, worked my way up through them as well. Um, and yeah, as, as I say, um, 12 British titles on the way and then finally qualified for the Olympics this year. So did it um, in Czech Republic at the start of last month. Um, so it's been like a mega whirlwind ever since. And, and what was that moment like when you realised you had qualified for the Olympics? Um, yeah, I, I can literally take you back through the whole thing. Um, absolutely mental. Um, yeah, as soon as it left my hand during the throw, like before it even landed, I knew it was good. Uh, I knew I'd qualified, um, but it didn't quite register until they started pulling the tape through. Um, and then I, I literally saw the, the distance on the top of the, the stop board where they measure it to and just went crazy. Nice. So this next question is for both of you, but I'd like to ask it to Ed first. So you've, you've both been working closely together for for a long time. How important is that relationship between sports therapist and athlete in terms of being successful in in performance and obviously avoiding and rehabilitating from injury and what have you? Uh, yeah, it's vitally important. It's the same um, in some ways and different to if you're working with any other patient in your clinic you've got to develop that therapist patient rapport they've got to trust in you they've got to get what 
what you're trying to do with them as an athlete as well as at the same time you have to try and understand where they're at as an athlete in terms of if they're injured in terms of that rehabilitation process or if they're not injured in terms of what it is that they're trying trying to achieve so it's massively important and it's it's obviously developed over over the the years and you know sometimes I think Scott comes to see me and he just gets like 45 minutes of of me um, making fun of him really uh, but what it does in those sessions is that hopefully he's allowed to relax he's, he's he, or he's in it he feels able to relax he's, he's able to offload some of his, his stresses and his concerns and um, as a result we're able to talk it through and see where he's at and that only develops over over time really and you know it it's we're at a point now that the key thing is sort of after he qualified i was reflecting on this a little bit and um the key thing is that he's he's got there with no major injuries i haven't because of the way we worked together over the years in this build-up there was no major injury that we suddenly had to sort out and get him ready he was ready physically he was ready he, it, it meant that when he threw that qualifying throw he arrived physically and um, mentally prepared to do it. And that comes from working together over, over the years, understanding each other and, you know, speaking to Scott. Scott comes to me and says, oh, I've got a bit of a niggle with this. And it's like, all right, well, let's just, you know, step back from this portion of your training. But it doesn't mean you can not do other aspects of it. Speak to his coach, send a message either via Scott or direct to his coach, Paul Wilson, who... Um, We've only met a few times, but have talked several times and communicated via Scott, you know, constantly through throughout his career. And so then we're able to just say, right, well, I really don't think you should be doing this at the moment because it's not helping or it's aggravating this niggle. So let's just step back. We'll put these exercises in instead. And you can only do that if you've got that trust between the athlete, yourself and the coach, you know. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think shadowing that um, for me it makes it it really important that we like obviously the relationship me and I'd have uh, it just makes it so simple for me because I literally don't have to worry about obviously if you have a little niggle or whatever you you do think about it and, and worry about it but when when I go and see Ed like he sort of knows what I've been through like what my body's what's happened to my body the niggles I've had and. It's just handy to to turn up and him understand and sort of, you know, like just just have a quick check up over everything that's been a niggle in the past or certain times of the year I get similar similar injuries that we've managed to to sort of plan around and and try and adapt so that I don't get them and and things like that. Especially like having time off at the end of the year, um, I come back and end up with just li- like lots of little niggles and and things and. So we've just introduced new ways of training and, and things and things I can be doing in my off season to, to help with that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's a really big part of, of obviously Ed's knowing, knowing me quite closely and um, it just that comfortable environment where, where you can go in and, and literally just um, see him for what you, what you need, what, what niggles, he, he knows everything that's been wrong with me since I've pretty much started. So, yeah, um, yeah. And there's there's an important aspect to this as well in that obviously the the sessions between me and Scott have increased um, during this 
this season, if you like, we, you know, it is a, a massively important season. Um, prior to that, it wasn't, although Scott's in as like the sponsored athlete, if you like, it wasn't that he was in every week that I wanted him in every week. You've got to think about what we're trying to do with our patients here. And this, again, it applies whether they're going to the Olympics, like Scott, or whether they're not, whether they're playing at the local tennis club or something, is what what are we trying to achieve with them? I don't want Scott to feel that he is absolutely, you know, needs me if something goes wrong. I, I want him to be able to manage and look after if he gets a bit of a niggle, because otherwise what happens whilst he's away? You know, Scott travels all over Europe for competitions, and whilst he's away and something doesn't go right, it's like, well, I'm not there to sort it out. So we have to have those those strategies in place, if you like. He has to have the knowledge to look after and manage anything that comes up. And there's been situations that, that have arisen where he's not being sure about something. So he just sends me a message and we have a phone call and we discuss it. But ultimately, it's Scott that needs to sort it out. He's got to, you've got to develop and, and help build these robust athletes, not only in the coaching and the strength training and the conditioning that they do, but also in terms of in managing anything when, that comes up that it, where it sort of goes a bit wrong, if you like. You know, because I, like, I'm not going to be in Tokyo, <laughs> you know, unfortunately. Uh, so it's we've got to we've got to ensure that when he goes out to Tokyo, and this is sort of again built up through that relationship, that he knows because of stuff we've done in the past, what he needs to be doing when, at the appropriate time. Yeah. So sticking with sticking with something that Scott just referred to. What did you know about shot putting prior to meeting Scott Ed? So how and how important is that to to sort of understand your athlete and understand your athlete's sports and the demands of that sport? Yeah, so it's such a shame that you can't show your technique. Yeah, it, it, Scott knows it would be easier for me to say what didn't I know? <laughs> no, I I knew shot put. I've, I've I've, I've always watched athletics growing up and I've always watched all athletics, not just like um, the running events and things like that. I've always watched the glory events. shot put and, and always been interested in that. But I, I didn't do shot put at school apart from in PE lessons and I certainly didn't do it since. So not not masses when it comes down to it. I had my ideas of what how Scott should be as, as an athlete is he was, you know, Part of it is that he needed to pack on quite a lot of weight and quite a lot of bulk. And so my view there was, well, does it need to be lean muscle? You know, but when you look at the evidence and, and the bit of research that there is around shot put, then the answer is no. You just needed to get bigger. Obviously, you need to get stronger as well. But, you know, the sort of body fat side, side of things didn't really seem to matter too much. Um and then in terms of biomechanics, I went and read up on the biomechanics. But more importantly, I spoke to Scott, I spoke to his coach. You know, Scott's technique has changed over the years as he's developed, as he's got bigger, as he's got more powerful and faster. You know, I think initially you were doing the glide throw, weren't you? And then you changed yeah. the rotational throw. So, you know, you're like, right, I feel like I'm just getting the hang of this and we've got this glide throw sorted, you know, so where they slide from the back of the circle to the front of the circle and then he changed it to the rotational throw. I was like, oh, I'll just go and start again. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's one of the wonderful things of, of being a sports therapist is you get to learn and 
learn all this new stuff and and go away and sort of read up on it and um so yeah so i didn't know very much but i think it i think it has been um i think it has been important because you've got to understand certainly with the way you throw now like the rotational forces that go into it um where these little niggles come from and and looking and saying well you know it's it the force is generated from from the feet and is is a rotational force that goes right the way through the body we've got to think about what he's doing with his hips as he's driving through what he's doing the way he's presenting his his torso sort of in line with the throw and the way he's extending that arm and that wrist and you know if something's going wrong somewhere within that chain then is that causing an issue and that is really hard to identify because there are so many degrees of freedom in terms of the movement um but it's really important that you try and understand it so that you can then say well let's look at this or let's look at let's look at it in a different way let's provide some different exercises so scott how important is it for you to be able to tailor your sort of rehab and, and treatment to shot point specifically then uh, yeah, I think it's ma- majorly important. Um, and as as I have progressed, um, and as I have got stronger and and faster and things like, the body's obviously under more strain, um, which is something that we've like managed uh, year on year. Um, but yeah, I think it's hugely important. Um, always try and keep on top of it, even when you know I'm away. I try and keep on top of stuff, and whether it just means having a, a resistance band in the room and and doing bits, you know, like onto the side of the bed or whatever you've got like a door or whatever like we we seem to manage a, a plan whilst i'm away and um yeah i think it's hugely important and and to be able to keep things specific to shot putting as well it, i'm guessing that helps in terms of your adherence if you like and how much you you put into certain management strategies and what have you rather than it just being a generic sort of plan if you like yeah for sure um so we Obviously, as you as you get more into the um, the specific type of stuff um, in the gym and stuff, as you're going heavier, it's, it usually puts puts a bit more strain on the body, and that's when the niggles start and start to arise. And and obviously, it's just about man, like you say, just managing them, um, managing them through, and and yeah, seeing seeing how they go. I think um, when I when I first started working with Scott, I was used to I was working at the rugby club. Um, and used to dealing with big lads and I think that that helps and like Scott says a lot of it is a lot of it is actually not to do with this, the shot put but to do with the lifting heavy and it's the, the the volume of training and the thing we haven't mentioned in this that is important is that Scott's not funded really he's, he's a builder okay so he goes and does his maybe does a morning weight session and then goes to work for his dad and works on the building site, whether he's, you know, sat in a digger all day or, you know, whether he's bent over sort of bricklaying. It's those things on top of his training that we've then got to deal with, that, that then maybe build up over a period of time. So, you know, you might do that, have a throwing session in the morning, go to work all day and then go and do, sorry, a lifting session in the morning, go to work all day and then do a throwing session in the evening. Well, that is just volume, time on his feet, not resting, not getting the recovery in. And so we've talked about that quite a bit. And that's where it becomes specific 
to shop put because you've got to include and assess and review if you like all these other factors that that impact on it yeah cool um so these this question is really for, for for either of you um, i'm not really sure which one of you is going to be able to answer this one better but uh, these these olympics are going to be very different with no crowds and obviously there's there's serious concern about covid are the protocols strict both for travel and when you're out there scott is it a case of they have specific measures in place for the athletes as opposed to everyone else that are going there and what what do yeah. you know it's um it's absolutely like crazy how strict it is so we i'm in an email sort of group with um obviously the british athletics olympic committee and um and they're sending us emails like daily because obviously people are flying out um it was pretty much daily since about the 10th i think um obviously it's the 14th 15th today um yeah and it's it's like uh, some guy's being turned away because he didn't download the app onto it. So we've got to download all these apps onto our phone that track us whilst we're in Japan. We've got all this paperwork to print out. And there's like literally about 20 emails that we have to go through and like everyone's listed what we need. And um, the the COVID has just made it really strict so that we've been on testing for the last 14 days. Uh, well, it, it'll be 14 days before you fly. Um, I did my 96 hour uh test yesterday i've got my 72 hour one today and then another three lateral flows until i fly on sunday so the testing's been crazy um the paperwork list looks absolutely crazy so i'm hoping i don't forget anything there but there's been um one of the emails that came through actually said that a, a guy i'm not sure what sport he's in but he's he's part of team gb and he he got the the flight over uh, landed at 10:55 in japan he was there for two hours, had two bits of wrong paperwork, so they sent him back on the same flight home. Um, so it was literally a 24-hour stint straight out, and then he's back in square one. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. It's quite stressful at the moment because I feel like I need to get everything sorted and, and, um, and sort all these apps out and things, but it is what it is. Um, you've just got to go through with it. Yeah, so the, we add into that, like, this is where, you know, Scott's support network can can help. We can't do anything with the paperwork that he has to prepare, the stuff that he has to sign, the stuff that he has to download. But there's someone that we haven't mentioned in this as well who's been who's coming this year, who's been helpful, is Chris Rowley, who's, who's or Dr. Chris Rowley, sorry, who's provided um, some sort of some sports psychology support. And this is where really you know if if scott has concerns or if there's something that he's been sent that he doesn't really understand if it relates to you know travel and looking after yourself while you travel then that's maybe something i can help with if it relates to sort of sports psychology and there are these services available to him while he's out there but we don't know what they're like exactly in terms of how they're accessed is it you know, is it access like via a Teams meeting like we're doing now or will it be face to face or how it's going to work? And so if there's things like that that Scott's not sure about, then that's why we're there to help and we'll, we'll all basically be on call until it's, it's competed and, and finished. And, you know, um, and then we'll be there when he gets back if there's anything that we need to sort out and stuff. And 
he is gonna he is gonna you are gonna have to read through all the paperwork yourself and I yeah. don't I don't envy you at all but it's stuff like that that's like you just get bombarded because it's happened over such a short time that actually that's where you just need to say right I need to talk to someone about this whether it's does this just make sense or does it what you know whatever and that's what yeah. that's what that wider team of coach and myself and Chris are, are there for yeah mm-hmm. And when when so you get what you're saying is you're going to read them to me. <laughs> <laughs> my my dulcet Yorkshire monotone reading it to you. You didn't take any of it in. Oh, when when you get over there, Scott, are you are you in a bubble? Do you have? I presume you'll have a, at least a, one or two people going with you in terms of coach and what have you. Or uh, so my coach isn't actually allowed. He's, right. Um, he's not able to go. So, yeah, there's. Uh, so I'm flying out with I think about seven others uh, in in track and field. Uh, I'm presuming there'll be all different sports on the plane, weightlifting maybe or shooting or I don't I don't know to be honest until I get there. Um, but yeah, we we all travel together. Um, we have a quarantine which has just been extended from six days to ten, and now fourteen days whilst we're over there. Uh, but we're still allowed to train. We, that, that's part of the paperwork that we have to sort out. It's a um, 14, 14 day like training plan basically to to allow us into the country um, of where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing, pretty much every half hour of the day. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, we've got to do obviously all of that, and then um, yeah, we we just fly over in our little group and and bubble over there until I'd. I'd I don't know how strict it's going to be over there. I'm presuming very because obviously they're in a state of emergency now. Um, the head people don't want the Olympics to go ahead, so they're making it awkward for us. And um, yeah, so I guess it's just a matter of waiting and seeing until I get waiting and seeing when I get over there and, and see what happens from there. So finally, Scott, then what are you hoping for from the Olympics? What are you hoping to achieve? Well, this is actually my first real major um i've done sort of european team championships before and european throwing events but this is like technically my first proper major never done any europeans never done any commonwealths never done any worlds so i guess get as much as i can out of the experience is uh, one of the big things on the list um but in a performance side i, I want to make the final which will probably mean throwing near to my PB if not a PB to uh, to do which I feel well capable of doing um, and for British throwing it would be a huge thing to have someone in the final I, I don't even know when the last time was that they had someone in the final so I mean 2012 was the last time we had a, a British male in the shot foot um, and it was a lot of it was due to obviously being in London so they were allowed to take people that were a bit under the standard and things um, but to qualify outright on the first one in a long while. So, yeah, just to make the final would be a pretty incredible achievement for me. Good. And Ed, do you have any last-minute tips for Scott? Yeah, yeah, loads with, with all my uh, Olympic experience. Uh, no, the, the key thing is we, we've um, we spoke about this off air just uh, briefly, and, and Scott knows that he performs well when he's enjoying it. Um, it's an amazing experience in many ways. You know, this season, if you like, has already been 
Um, I've been pinching the words of Chris Rowley here, but this season's already been uh, a success. And so it's like you you just got to go out and you've got to enjoy it. You've got to go follow the rules. If you're not sure about something, phone us. Uh, but mainly just enjoy it and, and have an amazing time. And uh, that, That's know. basically saying Ed's concerned I'm going to get arrested for doing something I shouldn't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you so much, both of you, for giving up your time today to speak with us. Um, have a fantastic Olympic game, Scott, and we'll be watching yeah, a great very much. And we wish you every success. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Cheers. See you later.